What do you get when you combine simplified practice marketing, proven ROI strategy, and Van Skate Shoes? You get Mark Thackeray, of course. So lace up, grab your green smoothie, and get ready, because this is Dental Marketing Secrets, and this is Mark. What is going on, my friends? Welcome to episode number 25 of the Dental Marketing Secrets podcast. This is the place for actionable tips and tricks to grow your practice, to serve more patients, and to ultimately leave a greater impact, because that is the name of the game. My name is Mark Thackeray, and as always, I am stoked to be here with you on this yet another glorious day, (laughs) nearing the end of June of 2020. Crazy how quickly time has gone. It's crazy. We're doing the 25th episode of this podcast. Super excited. Super cool to see the progress. Today's show is going to be fun. I'm actually uh, spilling my, my, my secrets, you guys. I'm spilling the beans on my secret sauce, what I do with a given marketing campaign. You know that I get a lot of questions about this. And what's neat about this process that I follow is it's the same one that's been used by some of the most influential people throughout all of history. People like Leonardo da Vinci, George Washington, Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and the list goes on and on. And on top of that, this is something that anyone can do. In other words, you do not have to be born with certain talents or abilities to start using this and seeing success. It is absolutely available to anyone. Now, I've touched on this topic briefly before in the show, but I wanted to take a closer look about how this process applies. I'm essentially just peeling back the curtain, uh, so to speak, so you guys can get a better understanding of what this looks like on a given campaign and my personal approach to a marketing campaign. So I refer to this process as scientific marketing. You know, some people will say, oh no, that's your that's your magical process. And, <laughs> and magic, it may not be, but it is very, very powerful. And it's called, I call it scientific marketing because at its core, I'm taking the scientific method and applying it to marketing. So to simplify everything, you, you start with a question, right? All starts with a question. And it's generally based around your observations. And then you formulate a hypothesis. Okay, so you're, you gather information, you formulate this hypothesis or theory, and then you test that theory, evaluate it, and then it's you adjust and you test again. Okay, so fundamentally, that's the process for success. And what I love about this is that it's all empirically substantiated, meaning that you are verifying your theory or your hypothesis through testing and evaluation. This is not based solely on theory or pure logic, okay? This is not something that's only conceptual because uh, let's, (laughs) people aren't just logical. You know, humans are not logical or predictable or rational for that matter, (laughs) we're not. And so you base, all of this is based on actual results. And that is the main reason to adopt scientific marketing is so that you don't have to rely on intelligence alone. Okay. In fact, instead of looking inward for ideas and what you think is best, you switch that and you start looking outward to your patients and base your efforts, base your messaging, base your campaigns off how they are responding. Okay. And what is so powerful about all this is that we are proving our marketing with tangible real life results. And these are things that I like to call take to the bank, take it to the bank results, okay? Not simply those vanity metrics that sound good, but don't really influence the bottom line. You know, you can generate thousands and thousands of clicks to your website, but if that's not resulting in production, 
is that really doing you any good, okay? So let's talk about this process. How do you get started? What is my personal approach to all of this? Uh, and it, like I mentioned before, it all starts with an initial question, okay? So it's gonna be something that you come up with based on your prior experiences, previous observation, and in this case, let's say, let's say your question is something like this. Are men or women more likely to seek out information about teeth whitening and schedule treatment? Maybe that's your question. Or it could be, you know, is summer the only time or the best time to promote wisdom teeth extractions? Okay, it could be something like that. And I'm sure a lot of you already have very strong opinions on that. Um, so that's, but it's something like that. Okay, that's the question that you start with. And then from there, you move into the gathering information stage, okay? Because you're trying to confirm or refute this question, okay? So in this case, you would start looking at your patient records to identify how many patients received teeth whitening. And then I would suggest looking at how many of those were, breaking that down further, looking at how many of those were male versus female. And then I'd also like to know what percentage of your, your overall patient base is male versus female. And then I'd calculate the percentage of your female patient base that has opted for teeth whitening and do the same thing for your male patient base, okay? Because that's gonna give you a clearer picture, a broader picture of whether you should, you should focus more of your energy marketing uh, teeth whitening towards women or men or if you should do both, okay? Because again, the goal with all of this is to essentially vet out a theory that produces consistent, predictable results, okay? So in this, in this example, from there, you're going to want to test that hypothesis. Uh, you're, well, you've got to formulate the hypothesis first. So basically, you take all those observations, you look at your, your patient history, your database, and you see, okay, maybe, yes, it looks like women are more likely to proceed with teeth whitening than men. But it would also be worth marketing to both since we do have you know, a fairly solid percentage of our male patient base that has opted for teeth whitening in the past. Okay, so maybe that's what your hypothesis ends up looking like. And then it's now onto the testing phase because the hypothesis just, just provides you with a launch pad. It's your jumping off point uh, that you're going to be testing to verify or disprove if that hypothesis is true or not. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, okay, so if it was me and I was running Facebook ads for teeth whitening, here's what I would do. I would test two different ads. I would start one ad that is exclusively targeting women, okay? And then one that's exclusively for men. And I change each of those ads to reflect the audience I'm targeting, okay? So for example, with the ad with women, I would look at using an image of a woman with you know bright, beautiful teeth. I like to use images that are look a little bit more real. They're not necessarily uh, super stock photo-y, if that makes sense. They're not a, a total um, model, you know? I mean, someone that looks normal, looks normal, but it's, you know, cute and pretty and has a good smile. That's the biggest thing, right? And then I would adjust the copy or the text of that ad to be very specific to women. Now I'd, I'd look for phrases that, that women might use, you know, and words that they might, that they might uh, select to describe their situation or even specific concerns that they've expressed in years past. That's going to be, that's all going to contribute to that campaign. Because again, you want to you want to be, make it very specific to that audience, in this case, which is women. And then I do the same thing for the ad that's targeting men, okay? From there, it's a matter of testing, okay? So you, you wanna see if that's if your hypothesis holds true, if it's an accurate predictor of uh, 
behavior of, of results, okay? So, and we always, always, always let the market decide for us. It's so easy to become too married to your idea and just assume that your idea is what the market wants. But let me tell you from personal experience, okay? That can be a very, very costly mistake to make. And I know I've shared that on the, on the podcast before, but do not always assume that you know what's best for your patients, okay? Let the market decide uh, what they would like to do, okay? So let's talk about how, um, let's talk about from here what this is. And I've said this before. I'm just going to jump back for just a second, okay? You are not necessarily your patients, okay? I, I know I mentioned that before, but just, just because you would do something, like in this case, just because you would choose teeth whitening does not mean that your patient base will do that too, okay? And vice versa. That's really what scientific marketing is all about, is allowing the data to speak for itself and to determine what messaging and what medium works best for your patients, okay? Sorry, I just had to say that just because it's so critical. I see too many, far too many mistakes made on this because people assume, they generally, they take their own you know, preferences and they, they blanket those onto their patient base and it, they don't have the results that they want because they're, they're making that assumption. You know, they're, they're choosing for their market and their market is actually choosing something else. <laughs> so from there, going back to our analogy, let's, let's get back into this example. From there, it's time to run the ad campaigns and start evaluating those results. Really, it's, at this time, it's back to the lab for more testing to see if we can optimize it even further. So if you're looking at this teeth whitening campaign and you say, okay, yeah, this, this is generally holding true, um, let's see if we can test this further and revise and refine our hypothesis, okay? So in this case, you know, some of the things I might do would be to start running a test against my original control. So if it's for the women, if it's for the ad that's targeting women, I would, I would want to test out a few different things. The image would be one of those things, okay? So I'd want to, I would want to run a split test between the first, the original image that I decided on, and then try it, try a different image. And that could be, man, it could be a, uh, a working professional, a woman who's running a meeting or presenting to a group, uh, I'd love to test that. I would, you could do a, an image of a bride on her wedding day, big bright smile, uh, or a woman in a social setting who's you know engaged or laughing or something like that. And just, be, just because I don't know which one is going to resonate the most with the audience. So that is why I test, and that is why I test, and that is why I test, okay? <laughs> and that's what's so cool about this is that it, it allows the market to decide for you. And this is the same process, you guys, that you will apply to, to every step along this, this campaign, okay? And what I mean by that is that you're going to test different variables from each portion, each, um, you know, if you're looking at it as, as a ladder, you know, each rung on the ladder, you're going to want to test with this same approach. So we've been talking about a Facebook ad for teeth whitening, but, and, and that's going to drive them to, say, a specific page on your website. But then you're going to want to apply the same scientific marketing process to that, that page on the website. So you're, you're not going to know um, what's, the best, what's the best thing to say on that landing page unless you test it. Does that make sense? Okay. Or it could be, you know, maybe you're driving them to call, call the office or to start a live chat. You know, and, and then you'd want to test the kind of the script that you generally use for your team members when they're answering the phone or engaging in a live chat. Because once you, the testing provides you to 
provides you the opportunity to optimize what you're doing. It, it, it'll, it will always tell you, okay, this works better than, you know, test A works better than B or B works better than better than A or B works better than D or whatever. You know, I mean, that's what's so great about this is that it will, you're going to prove this process through tangible results. Okay. So hopefully you can start to see how much more effective your marketing campaigns could be if you were to start applying this process of scientific marketing, because it is a total game changer, you guys, total game changer. You know, I've used this same process in so many different aspects of my life, not just marketing, uh, certainly marketing, because that's why I'm talking about it right now. But it's, I've used it, you know, just to give you an example, yesterday, uh, golf, golf is a prime example. <laughs> Let me go there for just a second. You know, I'm not a golfer. You know, I don't describe myself as, hey, I'm a golfer and I, you know, I'm a marketer, a golfer. You know, that's not how I describe myself. I'm just barely kind of getting into it. I've played, you know, historically, I've played like one or two rounds a year. You know, that's kind of my golf experience. But this past year, it's it's gone up quite a bit. You know, it's the first year I've played more than four or five times <laughs> in a single season. And that's thanks to one of my brothers. Thanks a lot, Ted. Golf. <laughs> just kidding. Actually, I really quite enjoy it. But I've noticed I'm, I'm using this 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 process, the scientific method to try and figure out what the heck I'm doing out there, right? So I've got all these questions like, okay, if I grip the club here or, you know, a lot of times I'm thinking, well, if I just follow through like this, maybe I twist my wrist a little bit, follow through like this. Or if I only raise my club so high, then what might happen? And I'm gathering information. I'm testing my hypothesis to see if I can actually come up with a consistent stroke, you know, a consistent shot. Okay. And we use, we use this process all over in our life. Okay. So when you start applying it to marketing, it's not going to feel all that foreign. You just have to follow the steps, but there are a couple of mistakes that I see a lot of people make. And I want to jump into those briefly. I know this is a shorter episode, but I just, I, I wanted to, I wanted to share this just because this is, um, this is my MO, you know, this is what I, I go back to time and time again because it, it allows me to identify the hiccups in a given campaign. It allows me to uh, see how high is high, you know, by testing different variables. And it really, it's it's been the one of the driving reasons why I've had so much success in in marketing, especially on Facebook and Instagram ads. So, but there's a couple of common mistakes, like I mentioned, that that I want to make you aware of. The first one that I see a lot of practices making is that when they're running a test. They're starting, you know, they've started to, they formulate a hypothesis and now they're, they're testing it with a split test. You know, they're, they're trying to test out too many things. You know, they, they try and test, you know, the headline, the image, the call to action, all these things at once. And just like in a, in a, a laboratory, you can't test from effectively for more than one variable at a time, because otherwise you're not sure, okay, is this the real reason why we generated these results? Okay, is it variable A, variable B, variable C? You just don't know. And so you have to isolate those variables. Um, and I would start, um, my recommendation for this is when you start testing, only test one, obviously only test one variable at a time. That's what I was getting at. But but there's a couple ones that I would start with. First is starting with the headline. Now the headline this in this case, if we're running a Facebook ad, isn't kind of your traditional headline that you'd see on a postcard mailer. You know, that on a postcard, that it's pretty clear typically what the headline is because it is usually found top center of the postcard and it runs almost the, the whole length of that, that postcard. But on a Facebook ad, since they don't really have those, it's, it's, it's the opening lines of copy, the, the first three sentences. 
because now with a, a paid ad on Facebook, it doesn't show all the content immediately. You have to click more in order to see that, in order to reveal the extra body copy. And so the first three lines are critical. You know, that's, that's the headline for the rest of your ad. It's the ad for the ad, so to speak. Um, and so that's got to be really dialed in because that people are going to make the decision to click on, to click on that or not based on those first three lines. So spending enough time to create a compelling, a benefit-driven headline that speaks from the, the patient's perspective. We're always thinking what's in it for me. So think about it from their perspective and what's in it for them. Why should they even listen? Why should they even read this? Uh, that's a good start. Uh, I would test the headline first. And then next I would test the image because with Facebook, you don't really have a whole lot of real estate to work with and an image is a big one. Okay, they have some guidelines surrounding what type of image you can use. Uh, obviously, no, nothing explicit or anything like that. But it also they also have guidelines regarding text on your image. They like to keep the image to text ratio of 80 to 20 percent. So you can have a 20 percent. Your image can be 20 percent text is what I'm trying to say. So and generally they 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 even like it to be less than that. You know, I've had a couple ads that. While they were approved, they don't get shown to as many people because Facebook thinks there's too much text on there. You know, so so there's some things to try out. But I would test those different headlines, test those different different images, like I mentioned before in our in our example. You know, you want to test to see which one is gonna pull a little bit better than the others because they'll typically always be a winner, you know, always be a clear-cut winner, which is awesome. Okay, that's mistake number one, is trying to test too many things. Second mistake that I see a lot of practices making is not evaluating their ad performance, okay? So they simply look at the practice numbers for the month and then kind of make a generalization based on that. Like, yeah, that was uh, pretty good. I, I guess our ads are doing pretty well. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of their process and that's unfortunate because they're missing out on a ton, a ton of information there that could help them to dramatically improve their results moving forward. So that's, that's one thing is not taking enough time to analyze the, your campaign results to determine was this successful or not, you know, and, and even breaking it down even further, you know, I talk about this in episode, I think 23, where you're looking at your metrics to isolate which, which, where's the hiccup, you know, where's the problem in this campaign? Because it could very well be that you're driving everyone, you're driving a ton of traffic, you're getting all the way to that, that final landing page or that final call to action and that's just not moving the needle. You know, so it could be a massive success on the front end, but you're just not seeing that conversion on the back end. So so it's it's that's what I love about this is you're breaking it down. You're constantly evaluating and testing and tweaking. And that's where you're gonna find these massive campaigns, these home run campaigns. You know, a lot of these ones that I that I tell you about and share on the show, these case studies, um, you know, I just did one recently for a client that had 133x uh, ROI you know, 133 times the ad spend. Crazy impressive, you know, in, in, in a couple of days, you guys. But that's only because we've tested and proven this method, okay? That's, that's what comes with it. But this is the process that the most influential people in history have used, and it's all based on results, like I've said before. It's not theory. It's not intelligence. It's all about results. Now, some of you might be thinking, man, Mark, this is a lot of work. Like that is a ton to do. And you might be feeling overwhelmed with that. And yes, 
There is definitely work involved. I'm not going to beat around the bush and say there is not. But I ask you to remember what you're working towards. You are trying to create a tested, proven campaign that will continually or consistently produce results again and again. Like that's what you're going after, you know? And I'm not saying that you're going to you're going to set this campaign forever and definitely and it's going to keep turning out the same exact results time and time again, but you're going to have such a much greater degree of success. You know, you're going to you can update a few things, you can keep everything almost the same and just make smaller tweaks and still see a ton of success from these campaigns. And and the other thing to remember is it's not like you're building a light bulb. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't make it greater than it than it is, you know? I mean, don't make it, the problem seem bigger than it really is. You have all the steps laid out for you. You know, you're not trying to figure out, you know, the next dimension of space or something, <laughs> something like that. That was a bad analogy. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. I mean, it's not something that's you, where you don't even notice where to start. Like this blueprint has been laid out before you. You just follow the steps, you know, okay? And if you feel like you'd rather have someone that can do all this for you, awesome, you know? And we, we can we can help you with that too. So you can uh, you can reach out to us to help you with that. But this ultimately, you guys, is the yellow brick road that turns to gold down the line if you follow it. It's what people have used in the past for centuries to make amazing discoveries, make quantum leaps in advancement, different advancements in, in their industry, uh, so cool, you guys. And in marketing, it is a very, very powerful tool. So there you go, my friends. That's what I have for you today. Peeling back the curtain <laughs> to reveal my personal marketing approach, a sci- a scientific marketing. Again, if this sounds like way too much for you, but you know you need to start doing this in your practice, then reach out to us. Go to dentalmarketingsecretspodcast.com forward slash contact and fill out the form and my team will get back to you with some information uh, and we can start that conversation. It's uh, dentalmarketingsecretspodcast.com forward slash contact if you are interested. But uh, whether or not you have us do it, someone else do it, you do it, just get it done because this is what will <laughs> this will contribute to an inordinate amount of success uh, to your practice moving forward. But that's it, my friends. Thanks again for joining us today on Dental Marketing Secrets. A shorter episode, like I mentioned, but just had to get that off my chest. It's a very, very um, personal one. I hope you liked it. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, just let me know. You can contact us via dentalmarketingsecretspodcast.com. There's a form on there to fill out. And if you've enjoyed this episode, definitely leave us a review. That would be awesome. And until next time, my friends, make it a great week. Did you enjoy this episode of the Dental Marketing Secrets Podcast? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And for more proven marketing strategies to grow your practice, visit practicerocket.net.